0: On Creve. On News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet
1: changed the world.
0: Penicillin, I would have thought.
1: I would say sanitation. It changes everything.
0: Yep, Simon Tierney is here as always on Mondays. Today, how the handcuff changed the world. How are you today, Simon? Very well, Tom.
1: Have you ever found yourself in the unfortunate position of being handcuffed?
0: Um, no, Simon. Uh, that question had so many levels to it as it went through my mind there. Um, <laughs> no. Well, you know what? There's only one way to start
1: this discussion. And when I was researching this, the first thing that came into my head, Tom, was Father Dougal Maguire.
0: Father oh. Hello, you two.
1: Well, uh, what can we do you for, Father?
0: Well, I was looking for a pair of handcuffs, actually. <laughs> a pair of handcuffs? Yeah. What do you need them for? Oh, nothing much. They're for me and Ted.
1: You and Father Ted? Yeah.
0: We're just trying something out. Yes, indeed, Simon. Yes, indeed. I suspect, you know, if you scratch the surface, you'll find a lot of people have amusing stories about uh, handcuffs. But um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Will we start with the origin? Because the word has lent itself to um, to many usage in English, hasn't it?
1: It's funny, yeah. I was really interest, intrigued to learn about the etymology of this word, Tom, because the original handcuffs were called handcuffs. And this is from the Anglo-Saxon word cop, the, the Anglo-Saxon meaning of that, which was to to catch uh, something or to cop something. So when we talk about a cop being a slang for a policeman or a policewoman, we're talking about somebody who catches other people. And that's what the original handcuff was called as well, the hand cop.
0: Every day we learn something new. Every day is a school uh, day amazes us that, we, <laughs> that we've gone through this far in our lives without knowing that, that everyday word. Fascinating. Um, right then, as you go back through the history of this, it starts life as the shackle, doesn't it? And, and it does. It sounds really. pretty gruesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the proto-handcuff uh, is really the shackle. Um, we know that this was Uh, Well established in the ancient world, particularly with the Punic Wars. The Carthaginians used to bring, um, I was going to say, truckloads, chariot loads of these uh, handcuffs or or shackles to the battlefields in anticipation of taking prisoners of war. But in a modern sense Tom, the story really begins in the late 18th century with a man by the name of Thomas Griffin Hyatt he invented the modern handcuff in, ni- in a, uh, 1780 it was called prisoners handcuffs to the trade as he called it and then before the mid 19th century we're really looking at two particular types of handcuffs which are very different in their character. The first is the Bango handcuff. Now, how do I describe this? The best way to illustrate the way it worked is that it was like a vice. It was a terrifying contraption, Tom. The prisoner's hands were placed in this device and then a screw-like mechanism allowed the policeman to fitted to size to the wrists of the prisoner in question. There was no manoeuvrability. You couldn't move your wrists at all. Um, So that that was uh, very, very popular, the ma- the Bango. On the flip side, I, you had the...
0: Do- yeah, go ahead. I'm just looking at it and it looks like something if you went under your kitchen sink and you were trying to fix, you know, bits and pieces, you'd see this down there. It looks like more of a pitch, piece of uh, kitchen sink equipment than handcuffs. You get your hands in there and I can't help but think whoever tightens the vice, it's up to them how tight they make that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't be allowed to use those nowadays. There's very strict protocols about how you, uh, what a handcuff should be like, which we'll come to in a moment. But perhaps it's contemporary. The Derby was a little bit more humane. This looks similar enough to the handcuffs that we use today. It has a chain link uh, joining both hands Um, and it has a bit more space. Now, it was very, very heavy. It was made of wrought iron, and it was half a kilo in weight, 500 grams. So very, very heavy. So very difficult to put on in an emergency. That's why the bango was used more on the street than the derby. Um, The thing about this, and all subsequent handcuffs through until the early 20th century, is that you had to... Lock them yourself. Now, nowadays we know that handcuffs, you need keys to open a pair of handcuffs. But um, originally you also needed this to close them. So it wasn't just that you could quickly snap on a pair of handcuffs onto a prisoner in an emergency. There was a bit of uh, a bit of toing and froing involved for sure.
0: All right, not ideal if you're trying to subdue somebody. I imagine, and uh, not the easiest thing in the world to do. And you have to lock them. Then on top of that, um, also they were a bit prone that you could kind of get out of them in a certain way, couldn't you?
1: Yeah. So shimming is a big issue with handcuffs. This is shimming is the process of slipping a very very thin piece of metal. Uh, into the locking mechanism and it means that you can unlock it. Um, This was resolved in 1878 by a designer called John J Tower who he solved the problem by adding a double locking mechanism and that made it next to impossible to shim um, a set of handcuffs. But one thing I do really want to talk about in this conversation, Tom, and it's something that isn't talked about enough, is the brutal history of handcuffs and this is the reason why the protocols around using handcuffs today are really really stringent because you know using handcuffs is uh it has to be proportionate it's considered uh, a use of force and previous generations used this to policing's advantage the first one i want to mention and i tweeted a picture of this earlier on my account is the nipper or the iron claw, it was sometimes called in an American context. This is, I would describe it as a pincer arm. So it's one cuff, it's not a double handcuff. So you're only handcuffing one person's wrist, not the two. And this is interesting because it was often colloquially colloquially called a come-along. So a policeman or woman would use this pincer arm to lock down a person's wrist and then they would drag them using uh, pain compliance. Pain compliance was a big part of 19th century uh, handcuff usage. It's about subduing the person, uh, using pain in order to take control of the prisoner. Um, the nipper, it was called the nipper because the pincer arms often pinched the skin. Right. Uh, so it was particularly painful. An advance on this and an even... A darker, more sadistic form of the nipper was the twister. Instead of pincer arms, this had a chain link, a sharp right. chain link, which you twisted around the prisoner's wrist. And if they started to act the maggot, you twisted okay. it even further, causing more complaint, pain compliance.
0: Yeah, they looked like two nasty enough looking uh, devices. I'm looking at the photographs of them, all right, and... Uh you wouldn't want to be on the wrong side, of whoever's trying to put them on you. Fair enough. Um, right then, do we move on to any, any brighter times at all On any of this? Well, interesting
1: you ask that. 1912, everything changes for the handcuff landscape, Tom. The year that the Titanic uh, launched, um, interesting because I was just thinking as I came in, when the peerless handcuffed the handcuff to change them all, this is the most extraordinary Piece of design. It's still used today. This is the traditional handcuff that we see in all the movies. Uh, 1912 was the year that the Titanic launched. And they're in the movie, if you remember, there was a set of yeah. handcuffs used. And I'm trying to think now, were they these handcuffs? Because it's the same year. What's interesting about this handcuff, the Peerless, it's an American handcuff, Tom. It was invented by a man by the name of George A. Carney is that what he was trying to do is trying to create a handcuff that you didn't have to lock with a key. And he managed to do it with... What became the, the norm is the swing closing mechanism where you can literally snap these handcuffs onto a prisoner without thinking twice and you don't have to fiddle around with a key at all. Very, very efficient. That launched in 1912 and the design of handcuffs really hasn't changed significantly since
0: then. Always very impressed. That man's name was George A. Carney, When somebody gets a design that right, and it's, that was 1912, here we are now, over 100 years later, and his design hasn't been substantially improved. That's It's very impressive, isn't it?
1: It really, really, really is. I mean, there are some things that have changed. I was interested, I was in touch with the Garda Press Office, because on Garda Siakana has put out for tender a contract for 8,000 new sets of handcuffs for use in this country, in our police force here. Uh, This is mostly to do with the fact that the Angarda Shiocona has expanded, so there's more police officers that need a set of handcuffs. And, you know, in a country like this, where we have a proud tradition, I think, of not having an armed police force, that the handcuff is one of a trio of... Uh, defences, I suppose, that uh, a Garda has in their armoury. They have a set of handcuffs, they have a incapacitant spray, which we often describe as pepper spray, and they have a baton. And those three things are really the things that are in the arsenal of, of every Garda going around,
0: isn't it? Right. And are there strict guidelines for the use of handcuffs? Is that something now, given it had that history, as you say, where it was really, they were really used as, God, at times, all, verging on torture with the arrest of prisoners. Are there very strict guidelines now for how handcuffs need to be used?
1: Oh, there really are, Tom. It's very interesting to look at it because in order to for a guard to use a set of handcuffs on a suspect, they have to really be able to justify The use of those handcuffs, particularly in a court of law, if it comes up as an issue, because using handcuffs, it's seen as a use of force and therefore it has to be proportionate. So in a court case, for example, um, you know, cases have been thrown out in this country if a, a suspect barrister is able to successfully argue that the use of handcuffs was unnecessary. So, you know, they're only deployed if the person really has to be subdued. So um, it's probably unlikely that you're ever going to get the experience of being handcuffed anytime soon, Tom.
0: Well, I certainly hope that remains the case. Um, I can't help but wonder too, because cable ties have come along uh, during all this, and very often you see in, in movies that we watch, more military movies, cable ties being used to keep people's hands behind their back. They're, they're absolutely illegal, are they? I would
1: imagine they are. I don't know for sure if the use of cable. T- I mean, they, you know, you bring up movies. This would be like uh, lads in the mafia going around uh, tying each other yes. up with cable ties. I don't think That's... it'll be the 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 uh, NYPD uh, or the LAPD using them. But uh, yeah, I mean, they'd be they'd just be cruel. So uh, you know, there's, they just lock in one direction, don't they? There's they no do, way to take them and off. They won't
0: loosen. Um, no. They're very hard. The stuff of like- nightmares. <laughs> See the odd story where someone says they got them off. I find that very hard to believe. It gets very unbelievable to me. Um Simon, that that's fascinating stuff and, and I've got through it all without telling you my own um, handcuff stories. That's 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 absolutely successful. Uh, go round. on, go on. I'd love to tell you, Simon, <laughs> but, you know, I think the clock beats I need to us. Please <laughs> <laughs> see you somewhere more quiet than this, I'm afraid. Um Simon, thank you very much for that. Simon Tuny there with Stuff That Changed the World this week. It was the handbrake. Uh sorry the, the handcuff. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this. Moncrief on News Talk.